leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Well, it's been quite a while since we've been live, so happy to have a live edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity today with Kurt. Uh, Kurt's going to share his background and share some of the skills and competencies that he has learned over the years that have been great for leadership. Kurt, uh, do you want to give the audience a little bit of background about yourself, and then we'll sure. start to jump into it? Sure. Um, I currently work for uh, Splunk as a... Um, effectively a solution architect leader. Uh, we have and focus on um, cyber in, in our realm. Splunk is a very broad platform. And of course we have um, many use cases, but uh, I tend to focus on security more than anything. I've been at Splunk eight years. Before that, a myriad of companies, BMC, IBM, some small names, haha. Um, and you did some leadership throughout most of them. Um, and so I think that should, should help uh, with a good conversation today, so. Perfect. So. Well, let, let's jump in. So based on your background, like while you're an, an individual contributor, I'm sure you, you've led teams over the years. Um, why did you choose to go down the leadership route versus uh, the individual contributor route? Yeah, it, it's a good question because I seem to have debated this a lot in my career. Um, it, it, it was, first of all, mentors helping me make that decision. I think that's incredibly important is opening yourself up to, to somebody. So mentoring is great, but sometimes you don't take it to the right level. You don't say, hey, this is what's in my heart. And I think that's one of the things I did right was I was open with my mentors. Um, and those mentors, um, and I could name several that were just instrumental in saying, hey, no, I think, I think um, you know, now that I've heard you say that you wanna try leadership and you're interested, let's start you down that journey. Um, and that, that started at, at you know, at, at several places, but it was always the ability for me to just at least be open and honest and say, you know, I don't know what I don't know, but I've always wanted to give this a shot. And I think that the best part was I had folks, um, you know, I, I could name a couple, but I, I'll leave them out of it, uh, that were just so awesome about it. They were like, hey, look, this it's okay to, to want to try, like, and even if you fail, which we don't think you will. And of course, then then they're sitting there propping you up. They're saying, hey, go go do this, read this, um, talk to these folks that are newer in leadership, talk to this person who's been doing it for 30 years and sort of see if it, if it resonates. And so just to me, it was validation. It was awesome by getting it from those mentors. But I think beyond that, also the 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 fail quick mentality, like, oh, you you screwed up. No big deal. Just don't do it again. 
So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of that's kind of how I feel like I got really nicely pulled into it and and shepherded in into it more more than anything. It it does it does and for for folks that might not understand um, some of the ways that uh, a solution architect might work or uh, mm -hmm. the role that you do, let, let's dig into that for a little bit sure. because I, sure. I I think often people just see that as an individual contributor role, but it's really a leader through influence. And we'll talk about that skill a little bit later, but uh, yeah. describe what your role is. So I lead that team, but, you know, our, our, our responsibility will be to do things like, um, you know, positioning workshops with customers, positioning different use case with different customers. Um, my, where, where mine separates is I can, I'll sometimes lead those workshops myself, but more where I get involved is the planning phase, right? So have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Um, you're, you're from your cyber defense perspective, because largely Splunk is, when I, when I talk about Splunk and using Splunk as a security, it's a defensive measure. Um, you can get a little offensive if you want, but I'm largely going to say I'm focused on that for the purposes of this discussion. So if we, if we hone in on that, then I'll, I'll come in and I'll try to talk to that CISO, that director of security, that VP of security. It really just depends. And then try to paint a vision. Like this is how we get there. So if, if we're here and I want to get to here, let's talk to you about what that, that journey looks like. Right. And that could be, um, goodness, it, it's largely going to be of course, focused on that customer. And that's there. There's a lot of similarities between different cyber, um, strategies, but to me, you have to make sure that you're doing the right thing for the business so that that eventually, if I'm talking to the CISO even easier, um, and so that she can go back and say, look at this win that we've just had. Let's talk about the next phase for us to get even more proactive with this type of, let's say, alerting or protective measure or whatever. And so what so, I feel like I do is try to generate that that conversation at the higher level and then let the team come in the in in the, let's say, lower level. This is not, there's no high, low, doesn't mean negative or positive or, or negative or, or good in this case. What it means is simply just, you know, trying to shepherd the team before. And so maybe pave the road, if you will. Sounds like you're, you're delegating uh, some of the aspects to uh, different members of the team and you take on different aspects. Sure. So what would you rate your comfort level with the, the, the skill of delegation and why is it such an important skill for leadership? Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, I can give you a funny answer. I sucked at it when I first started leading. Um, I felt like my job was to be the one that would take on, say, the worst case scenario or take the brunt of a message back to the team. And so delegation quickly became, I did it wrong. And again, this goes back to that safe space, if you will, that I described earlier of just having great mentors and going, yes, yeah, so what? You screwed up. Uh, or actually, I distinctly now am reminded of a, a discussion I had with a mentor who I still talk with, she's on a weekly. And he's, he was saying, you know, uh, why don't you tell me about a case in the last week where you delegated? And there was a lot of crickets chirping. There wasn't just one or two. This was just a complete dead silence. And he's like, I think you need to go focus for the next month on that. And because, you know, delegation to me when I was growing up, for whatever reason, in my vocabulary was some sort of negative word. And I had to get over that. And so what I learned to do was collaborate. And so to me, that felt more like it wasn't a delegation. So for I'll give you an example. Um, I, one person cannot scale. 
And so, you know, the end is, and, I, and by the way, there are folks on my team that are a heck of a lot better at, at just, I'll just use the general term cyber than I am. And so why would we deny them if, if you have this control aspect, um, deny the customer. And so delegation is twofold, but I think it has to be collaborative. Hey, I got this opportunity at, you know, to help this customer, um, kind of, maybe you might take at it from like, who wants to help? And you're, you're sort of maybe in a, in a, in a team Slack or a team, you know, workspace, you're just saying, Hey, who wants to help? Or you might say, Hey, this is specifically around automation. There's a guy on the team that I I'm obviously thinking of in the back of my head. And I know he's going to crush this one because they need that level of automation it comes from that background. So maybe you might sign that person up. I mean, the expertise that once you get your ego out of the way, and I think there was some ego in it early on for me, but I think it was also, it was uncomfortable to delegate. It felt negative and you have to get past that pretty quick. Um, yeah. And then once you do, it's, it, you, you try to make it a collaborative experience. That dovetails right into the next skill that we talk about a lot, which is collaboration. Mm -hmm. How would you rate yourself on collaboration and why is collaboration in its own such an important skill? Wow. Um, goodness. When you're looking at a potential, um, security breach at a customer, you really think you're going to see everything. So that would be my answer. <laughs> and obviously it's, I'm, I'm saying it for fun, but I think collaboration, I'm to answer your first question. I think I'm pretty good at it. And, and the reason why is I like making decisions. You know, it's probably my background. I, I did a lot of early work in my career in Japan and you know you you try to collaborate you're sitting around you're talking about what well, is this going to work how do we implement this feature this there's there's no, there's no native way to do this and say the solution i'm doing it in and i'm speaking of obviously a, a, a personal example but you you try to collaborate and then you move forward and then you iterate together too i think that's the most important part is you come back to that team and go oops look this changed um anyone have any ideas to how to get around this and when you do that and i'll say as far as that goes it's really awesome to see the type of solution that comes to bring to bear, right? Because you're sitting there going, look at all the biases I have. And the bias, I mean, just to be clear, a bias can be like, I never thought of that, or I've never experienced that, therefore it never entered into my brain. Um, so you, you, to me, it's really about just expanding your horizon because the more you can get their perspective, their meaning the rest of the team and expand it out, then go. Now the trick is, and this is, this is what I've learned is you, you, analysis does equal paralysis if you just sit there all day. And so at some point you do have to just go and fail and come back, go fail and come back. And that's that fail quick message. There's tons of books on this. John McMahon talks about this from a sales methodology perspective is just make those, those quick decisions and get through it. Um, and then come back to the drawing board when it's needed, because I mean, I, I've worked on my house and it's never gone as I originally planned. So, and we, cyber is how much more complex than a, a two by four and some screws. So. I absolutely love that. Um, hello humans to Greg does stuff over on Twitch. Um, we are streaming live on Twitch, YouTube and LinkedIn right now. So feel free to send in your questions. Um, what I would say is I, I love that fail quick, but also we all have different biases and different backgrounds and really we only get better together. And uh, th that, that comes through collaboration. 
Now, one of the things that really struck me when, when I first met you was the way that you communicate. We were both at a conference, we were leading mm -hmm. a panel, and the way that you communicated with uh, the, the attendees and the other panelists was just spot on and so crisp, which Thank is you. what got me to invite you here. So so tell us about why communication is such a important skill. Man, times have changed. They say communicate. You know, I don't think over communication is a negative word. I really don't. <clears throat> I think, well, it could be if you're sitting there telling your kids to, you know, do something over and over. Eventually, it's going to feel negative, but that's more frustration. I'm obviously I'm speaking from a recent experience. I have three younger kids, so uh, so I think I think it's important because it, it in times of change, for example, which we live in change. I mean, cyber is the definition of change, and if you you know you could you could machine learning is with with the advent of AI and the formality around it is just going to make things even more complex. And every time there's a technology advent increases the threat vector it increases the complexity around which you have to think and i think that's why communication is so important um you know it could, it could be as simple as sharing um articles it could be as simple as thought sharing but it, it really helps when you're dealing with a critical problem i can think of one where, where we were helping a customer in a very serious uh, situation with a potential threat and they called and said hey could you help and that's not really you know, what we do on a daily, but we, of course, wanted to help. And that goes back to collaboration, but it goes back to that Slack channel and the phones that we had flying off the hook just between the five of us were nuts, right? So communicating just eliminates barriers quickly and it goes back to fail quick. Well, don't do that because I've tried that before. Oh, you have, I didn't know that. So I think it all ties together. So how would you help someone uh, have communication listed on their resume? How, how would you help them show that they have that skill set for yeah. hiring managers? So uh, at Splunk, we call, we call them working groups um, is one way to you know document, hey, I was part of a working group or I led a sub stream on a working group. Um, I think, and then you need to talk about it. And so you need to get a hook, obviously, and the hook is what grabs, and I'm using a fishing analogy, even though I don't fish much. Uh, so, you know, it hooks that person to get them to see that collaborative function. You, I guess you could use a keyword, but really, and then tell a story. Everything I do, I think you kind of mentioned it with your very kind, you know, way you, you framed it, was everything I try to do is, is story-based. Um, I try to get a little fun in there to, 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 to break things down. There's times when you should do that. There's times when you don't. If you're facing a, a, a P1, <laughs> it's probably not a great time to start talking about what do you call a sleeping bull, a bulldozer. Don't do that. Let's get and keep focused. Maybe, maybe, maybe pop your funny dad joke after it's all good. So really just hook resume with a written or a LinkedIn and then have a story there. Have a story about how that working group or collaborative approach to a project, another way to look at this. Um, and it doesn't have to be a, a, a real serious change in the organization. It just has to be, I collaborated with these individuals and you need to show a little bit of thought leadership as well. 
Aaron mentions communication is by far the most important thing in business, especially in the tech field. And one of the things that we're lacking that causes some of the things that we're witnessing today. And I, I'd agree with that. Uh, lack of communication can cause a lot of misconfiguration, tech issues, mm -hmm. uh, slips and processes, things like that. Yep. And that's why I mentioned the change aspect. And I think it's it's doubly, triply, whatever critical when you're going through change. And that's thing in cyber and in IT and in tech that we have <laughs> an abundance of that'll never stop. So, so as we start to think about uh, the next skill, the skill of influence, how would you describe that? Mm. And which is separate from sales, which you do, but sure. um, how would you describe? influence and how is it needed so badly in this field man i think influence goes to and ties directly to reputation i think you need to do things that better that reputation i would describe this your podcast as as, as one of them even even being honored to, to to come in and chat with you on this it's uh it just for, so everyone hears this, when we originally met, it was May, and it took us this long to schedule it with both of our wacky schedules. So I'm really happy to do it. But I, I think you have to build a reputation up or the influence up. And I think what that means is have, I'm not saying you have to have like a walk into a room and everyone goes, that is so-and-so, therefore I must listen. No, that, that's awesome if you can do that and more power to you. What I'm getting at is the influence to me is more about telling again, and I might come back to another story, but you're, you're, you're talking to that customer and you and within that short time, or you're talking to someone that needs to hear that, you know, what you're talking about, you need to give them some proof. There needs to be some credibility to that, to that ability for you to influence the conversation. You cannot do that without the credibility mark. Um, Kirk does know what he's talking about because he's lived it. Kirk does know what he's talking about because, you know, he's referencing another customer that went through this, right? Um, that's, that's a very similar situation and is being very prescriptive for me. So that influence comes from your credibility. And if you don't have any, you need to think about how you can build it in short order to make sure that when I say short order, that's very, that depends of course, but you know, you want to build it pretty quick. If you're doing a panel, as you referenced, you want to come in and start talking about, and it is important to say, you know, I used to do this, this is my history, um, keep it succinct keep it relevant. And then remember that you have, as far as influence, you can influence any conversation, but always remember that you have two ears and one mouth and you have two versus that one for a reason. That is so true. That is so true. And I, I, I love the, the point that you made that you have to show that influence in short order to really have it uh, come across to your audience and giving examples, giving stories of your experience helps bring that influence across. Mm -hmm. um, Aaron mentions 100% back to the comment from Robin that we need to look at the expansion and never thought that communication between hardware and software is such an important skill. So uh, definitely that communication between hardware and software is an important skill. And then we have... Right. Um, Sean coming on. Great insights, gentlemen. Communication and authenticity create relationship and trust and ensure the execution and gives you the neck to go after if there is a shortfall. 
Well, well, well put. That's well put. Yeah. Love that you tie in reputation and credibility. Uh, do what you say you could do, play your part, and play part of a larger initiative and teams uh, for projects to come to fruition. Um, that last sentence is so true. I mean, I like how you say, do what you say you can do. That is huge. It, it's what is the old adage of a professional services person over, over I always screw this up. So I'm going to screw it up. And you can laugh at me over, over promise and under deliver. Ha ha ha. So, you know, always over deliver and under promise. And I think when I first heard that, I'm like, you know, dumb kid out of college or whatever. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, that's silly. Why wouldn't you do that? And of course that was when the world was in black and white, uh, you know, or pick your color. So it, it, to me, just resonates that, like, make sure that you're going the extra mile um, for your for your customer, for the project, for anything. And I think, you know, that's why that it, this, this is all totally related. Obviously, that's why you're asking these questions. It's very insightful. But I think that's why all of them relate too, because you want to make sure that you're, you're calling those things out that maybe are potentially stuff you didn't think about five minutes ago. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that um, happened to me recently is I had a, a technician come out to my house because one of my couches that extends and, and contracts wasn't mm -hmm. functioning. And mm -hmm. I thought I did all the troubleshooting in the world and his insight and his, his experience, he just comes and he's like, oh, this cable is undone. But they did it in such a way that they didn't make me feel bad about it. But you're like, yeah, sometimes this happens and, and yeah. shared that experience and put it back together. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, well, now I know yeah. Um, yeah. Th that that's the experience that you, you, you get over time. And you have to be humble enough to to also see it and experience it and not feel bad that you don't know everything. Well, and I think that there you just answered every question that you've asked me. And that is comes back to it really does come back to humility. Right. It's just you have to be hum have to have enough humility in this world to know that you don't know everything. And it just start that that way. And, and, and it goes back to the leadership conversation. You know, how do you learn to delegate? Be humble. Like, you know, ask if someone wants to do it. Now, sometimes you're going to have to assign work that's not the best, um, but maybe you, you, you appeal to that person. This is to me why the human, the interpersonal relationship is so important and you understand the motivation of every person on your team. Definitely agree with you there. Um, the, the last skill or competency that we're going to talk about is networking. And okay. this is what started us down this path. Right. Is that we, we were at a conference and we just started talking to each other and built this trust, built this relationship together. How would you describe networking in your own words and why is it so critical? Goodness. Um, to me, you know, you can make fun of me. I'm an only child. So there you go. But uh, to me, networking is is building a set of folks that you can rely on, that rely on you too. It has to be a synergistic, synergistic relationship. It must. And it must be a two-way street, if not multiple way when you start really networking with multiple people. Um, what, what the old saying is that when you start donating and volunteering your time, you are being selfish. And you, the first time you hear it, you're like, wait a minute, right? But it's so true. 
And so if networking is a conduit through which you're going at it from an aspect of, I want to get more out of my career. Awesome. But also look at it from a perspective of how can I help others? And until you like, you know, everyone, I know a lot of people that would love to go work for a philanthropic organization and, and be able to make nothing and just help everyone all the time. Um, so it doesn't mean if you're, if you're not able to do that financially, that you can't get something benefit out of it. So networking to me means the obvious statement of interacting with other people, but go out of your comfort zone at that conference. There were people that normally I would chicken out and not go talk to, you know, attorneys, CISOs, oh, CISOs, not so much. Cause I feel like that's okay. But CIOs, you know, you know, especially CEOs, you know, very intimidating folks that um, have a big badge on that says CEO and then large company name, and you're you're a little intimidated. You know, try, try. This goes back to fail. Go have a conversation with that person, even if it's coffee tastes like weird, doesn't it? Or you know, whatever. Start the conversation, and that's exactly how Chris and I met. We got to see. We kind of cheated. We got to see each other do their panel. Um, I thought Chris dominated his two panels, by the way. Um, and I don't mean dominated in a negative way. He just, he just really commands that group and that discussion and that, that you, you embody that, like that, that thought process. So networking really is communicating with people, getting an understanding, but then learning from them. And this goes back to that credibility. All of this ties together. You're younger in this world, meaning newer in your career and you want to start getting more stories. And I do this all the time with folks that enter into, um, say, the more sales side of the house. I say, find a story that someone else has. Don't lie about it. Don't say it happened to you. Just relay that story, right? Um, and then someone goes, when did that happen to you? It actually happened to my friend uh, or my colleague on my team who has been through this. I can introduce you to them too, and they can talk about exactly how. And then if you're on Slack enough, you'll probably be able to get him on the phone. So... Um, so my point is it, it's all of that and it ties very much into everything that we've already discussed and is another foundational element of building, I think, a solid career, um, and something you can be proud of, right? It, it goes back to how storytelling has been done ages and ages. Um, mm -hmm. not everyone has experienced everything, but we have shared stories. We have shared lessons learned from others. I, I say that's the inexpensive way of getting experience and the mm. expensive way of getting experience is failing yourself but the inexpensive way is learning from someone else and hopefully you learned a lesson from them as well yeah so well put that's exactly what i was trying to say exactly right is learning through others maybe is another way to articulate what you said so so as as we wrap up what final advice would you give to future cybersecurity leaders um, I used to think this statement was a bunch of BS, if you will. Uh, leading does not mean that you have to lead a team. It means that you can be a thought leader. So uh, this goes back to your one of your questions about sort of being an individual contributor or a leader of a team. The word leader is so broad. And if you look it up, I think I would encourage people that are starting out, look it up in the dictionary. Go look at what a very smart person has created that definition to be. It doesn't have anything to do with the definition itself does not have anything to do with leading a team. And so then you can start to, once you have that definition, at least this helps me, you can start to figure out in where in your career you want to lead. 
oh my goodness, talk about doing that early on. You can really start to figure out the fun. Then you don't have to be some dude like me that was thrown into it because he thought he wanted to. You can actually be very articulate with where to position yourself for that thought leadership. It might be um, blue team. It might be red team. It might be the hybridization of purple team. It might be DevSecOps. You know what I mean? So it can really, it can really help you start to define what you want to do. And so where I'm headed with this is how to get started is show that leadership. There's an old adage, do the job you want before you have it. I kind of believe I, I thought it was a dress for the job you want before you have it. Yeah. Well, I'm not. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. But uh, I, would, I would say there's nothing stopping you from leading today. If you are an individual, individual contributor and you want that leadership, then instantiate it too. find those mentors that I mentioned. Start telling there is nothing wrong with saying, hey, in my future, I want to be a leader. And you will find invariably there are folks that will come out and say, I want to help you. And then and then latch to them, network with them. Okay, you met that person, then he he or she is going to introduce you to someone else. They will introduce you to someone else. Then the next thing you know, you're going to have this network to feed off of. And then you, the best part is you have an excuse. You can talk to Chris and you can say, hey, dude, I want to become a leader. How do I do that? That's a good starter. And that CEO that you're afraid to talk to, I'm mentioning my earlier example. Yeah, how did you get started? How did you become a CEO? There is... Most CEOs will love to answer that question, believe it or not. I, I would agree with you there. Um, feeding off of the conference that, that we met at, I, I met another individual, uh, mm. Tony, and he's been shepherding me and guiding me ever since. And uh, uh, we've had some am amazing conversations. He's introduced me to some, um, some amazing people. And here I am just shadowing him. And then I'm in the midst of a conversation of a go-to-market strategy for a company that um, is is coming to the market. And I'm like, whoa, how did I end up in this conversation? So totally. uh, definitely find, find great leaders, find great mentors, and uh, enjoy, enjoy the path because um oh, that, that that's point. the other thing like you don't want to take life too seriously you want to enjoy it and give back to others along the way yeah and i just read your the, the comment from comment from robin and great leaders like to mentor and develop more leaders oh absolutely and if if you don't feel that visceral approach to wanting to help others you you may not be yet ready for leadership. And I think I, I, I say that such with such trepidation because I don't believe that's true with any human being. I think in general, we're human beings want to do good and we want to help each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, but giving back, being ready to give back and being in a, in a mindset to give back is extremely important. Well put. Yes. I think. Yeah. So it was a great comment, Robin. I didn't mean to steal your thunder there, Chris, by reading that, but uh, I just, I felt compelled, right? I saw it, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Kurt, thank you for coming on. Everyone, thank Thanks you for me. joining us and um, participating in this conversation. Had a really great time on this live event. It's been a while since we've been live, so really love it. Uh, thank you all for coming. Share with others. And if you want to come on this podcast and share your leadership advice or 
share your journey of breaking into cybersecurity, do reach out to me and we'll be able to schedule a time for you. Thank you all and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.